All right, folks, we are back again. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast. Episode eight. Woo! How was your week, Brian? Uh, Kev, the week was good, but before before we get into that, I, th- I think we'd be remiss not to mention, you know, the the unfortunate events that happened in the world of golf yesterday. Um, as I'm sure most of you have heard by now, um, as we are not your first source of news, um, Tiger Woods was involved in a single car crash yesterday. Um, car rolled over. He had they had to use the life of Jaws to get him evacuated from the vehicle. Um, Jaws of life. Jaws life. It, I mean, it, um, you know, pretty serious stuff. If you, if you saw images of the vehicle itself, I mean, it, it's, he's, he's very lucky to be alive. I mean, it, that, that car looked horrible. Um, but the, the most recent uh, news that I had heard was that he's awake. He's responsive. Um, he went, he underwent surgery, um, had a, had a rod inserted into his right leg to repair some significant damage to his leg and ankle. That, that was a, a message that was put out from his team. So, um, obviously our thoughts and our prayers go out to Tiger Woods as he's, you know, been such an ambassador of the game for, for all of us. I mean, I've got a photo of him on my wall behind me, as you can see here, um, above Piper, but he, you know, he just created the game and, and a lot of people that are listening to our show, they probably got into the game because of Tiger Woods. So, uh, you know, certainly a pretty somber thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think th- those, th- those are my emotions, I guess you would call it towards the situation as well. I mean, I, um, when I saw this, I mean, when I first saw it, I thought this is some sort of internet troll thing happening because literally, I don't know if it was that morning or the day before I saw a fake post on like Facebook or something like that saying, I don't know if it was saying tiger was injured or tiger was dead or something like that, but all the comments would beneath like fake, 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 fake. And then whether it was a few hours later or the next day, I see this, I'm like, Oh, this is bullshit too. And then I look further into it and I'm like, oh shit, this is not bullshit. This actually happened. Tiger's in the hospital coming right off of his sponsored tournament. Like he was already all over the news anyway. It it, it was just really sad to see. And I I, I don't know. I I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to dwell on um, everything going on. There was obviously a lot of like internet response to, the accident before anybody had information, which like, I don't know, like I I hated seeing some of the responses that people were saying, like nobody was like, Oh, or not, I don't want to say nobody, but so many people weren't like, Oh, I hope tiger's all right. I hope, I hope he's okay. Like they hoped he wasn't on drugs. Right. Exactly. It's horrible. It's like, like let the dust settle, like give him like a week, give him two weeks, like wait until we see what's going on. Don't just automatically accuse this guy of stuff. And um, I actually saw a quote earlier from Rory, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought, did you see that too? I thought I, yeah. I, I have it written Great down here quote. and I'll, I'll, I'll read it quick. Cause I think it's like the perfect encapsulation of like the mindset people should be having. But Rory said, um, I think everyone should just be grateful that he's here, that he's alive, that his kids haven't lost their dad. That's the most important thing. Golf is so far from the equation right now. It's not even on the map at this point. And I think that's important to, to look at because right now, like we shouldn't be looking at tiger as a golfer. I mean, obviously this is a golfing podcast. So, um, that tiger is obviously a golfer, but he's a human. He's, he's a, he's a dad, you know, you know what I mean? So I think looking at it through that lens is, 
I, I think the most important right now, especially while we're waiting to see what his recovery is going to look like. Yeah, I completely agree, Kev. You hit the nail right on the head there. And I, I did see some of it, and I wish I didn't. Uh, you know, what does this mean for his golf career? Like, that question shouldn't be asked. And I know that it is because people need to fill time on these talk shows um, and they need to fill time to create controversy, to create different opinions, to just continue talking. Um, but it's just, it, it, it's unfortunate that that's the way that business works because Rory was absolutely right. At the end of the day, he's a person and he's a father uh, among many other, you know, titles. And uh, you know, we just wish him the best recovery. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what that's what uh, that that's what we're hoping for. That's what I hope everybody else is hoping for. But um, yeah, aside from that, though, uh, tell me about your week, right? You uh, you get out last night for uh, your virtual match. So I did. Um, I sucked. I'll get to that in a second. But before I get to that, I, I want to say um, I'm not sure if I had mentioned it uh, uh, previously. A buddy of mine had booked five hours for us for virtual golf on Saturday. There was eight of us. It was awesome. We had, How long? Yeah, five hours. We originally booked six, but then we notched an hour off because we didn't think we would need that long. Um, in hindsight, after we canceled the sixth hour with two hours left, we we're like, oh, can we get that back? And no, booked immediately online. That's how in demand this place is. Um, but so it was eight of us. It was a blast. Ordered some pizza, had a bunch of pitchers. Uh, our boy, Steve Sulo, shout out to him. He bought us three pitchers, a beer. He called it in. He wasn't even there. Just charged it over the phone. I mean, what kind of what kind of friendship is that? What? That's great. What, oh, a, what a guy. Beauty. Oh, my God. That's I need to get some. I need to be friends with this guy, Steve. Oh, yeah, Give him Steve's my number. A- yeah, I will. I'll, I'll let them know. Cool. Um, so that was good. Um, and then this week we played Harbortown. Um, not sure if you're familiar. Um, Harbortown is down in South Carolina. Very, very narrow. We played the back nine. It was extremely, extremely difficult. Um, I didn't find a lot of fairways. Um, put myself in a lot of bad positions i just Brian, behind i'm sorry like, i don't i'm sorry I, I don't mean to cut you off earlier in earlier episodes you were the self-proclaimed fairway, fairway finder. finder i know i know and i don't know if it's me getting in my own head about these sandbaggers that i've been playing with but i, I had a, a fair matchup this guy was a relatively even handicap i was playing to a 10 he was playing to a 13 um he, he smoked the ball. I mean, he'd outdrive me by 30 yards. He was finding every fairway. He, he was the fairway finder, Kev. I had to, you know, the, I, the crown was his that day. Um, there can only be one. Yeah, no. Uh, but I'll tell you, if we do get down to South Carolina for a golf trip, it is a beautiful looking course. It's down in South Carolina in Sea Pines Plantation on Hilton Head Island. It, uh, it actually hosts the RBC Heritage. Um, Every year, I think. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Usually the week after the Masters, week before, or week, week after the Masters, I think. That would make um, sense. But yeah, so I got smoked. I won a couple holes, but this is the guy. He's in first place in the league for points. And, you know, I needed to step up and I didn't. So um, I, hel- I kept my held, head held high and um, went home sulking. <laughs> You're still you're still salty about it, dude. I suck. Like it was my <laughs> fault. I there there was a putt I left. I it was an 18 foot putt and I left it like 
three or four inches short. And they're like, oh, you know, good job. And I was like, I didn't deserve it. I, I didn't like I didn't hit it hard enough. I knew I didn't hit like there were just so many shots I hit last night that the second I hit it, the contact wasn't there. And I, I, I didn't deserve it. I was off. I had an off day. People have off days, man. Tony Finau is awesome. The guy doesn't always win. He hardly does, actually. So yeah, great, yeah. great point. Um, great, man. I um, I can't wait to tell you about my week because it involved the best day of my life. Maybe not the best day of my life, but it was at least in the top three. Let's get to I it. I got fitted for my PXG driver on Saturday morning. Drove up to Chris Cody's in Southington and met with uh, Jack. I think it's, yeah, Jack from PXG. He's like the fitting specialist for Connecticut and I think maybe even New York too. Jack is a friend of the podcast. Is this the same Jack? Is this a different Jack? Does different, this Jack work for P- Different Jack. Anyway, I um, so this is the, my first club fitting experience. We've, we've talked about this in earlier episodes. I've never been fitted for any clubs formally. A um, little bit different than I guess your typical fitting experience because PXG does all of their fittings in-house. Like you just go to the mm-hmm. PXG rep and they fit you for, for drivers or whatever. So yeah, um, they have a couple different drivers out um one is the i think it's the 0211 um which is a little bit more affordable and then there's the 0811x and then there's also the x plus which are same price point but a little bit more expensive than the 0211 so i was going in with the mindset if i get the cheaper one i might try to grab a hybrid too maybe a three wood um if i get the more expensive one not gonna not gonna get throw money at the problem right exactly so um, it was a awesome experience. I, um, I got there a little bit early. Um, so I had a small bucket just to, you know, get warm, find my swing or whatever. And I was hitting my driver on the range and it was hitting it like shit. So I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. He's got me like right where he's got me right where he needs me hitting my driver like shit. And then I started to get worried. I'm like, can I just like not hit any driver? Like, is this going to be like a waste of time kind of thing? But I, uh, I eventually, uh, I meet up with him like 20 minutes after I get there. Um, we start with hitting the zero to 11s. He starts me off with like the same shaft I have. Essentially. I had like the hazardous black. I don't know, whatever. It's like a stiff hazardous shaft. That was a little bit sawed off, but yeah. started I me off with smoke on my three wood. I love it. Oh yeah. I, I really liked it when I bought it. I bought it used like last year or two years ago or whatever. And, and I really liked it, but lacked consistency or whatever. So he started me off with that wasn't hitting it great. And he swapped out probably like four or five different shafts until he found one that I was hitting a little bit more consistent. Then he moved me up to a different, um, head a little bit higher loft. I went from the nine to the 10 and a half was hitting that a little bit more consistent. And then he was like, all right, let's switch out the heads. So then he grabs the zero eight eleven, which is the more expensive one. And as soon as he hands me that one, I take a, take a few swings. I'm like, Oh, this just feels a lot better on the face. Like it just, it just, it's flying a lot better. It's not spraying as much. And then he starts switching out shafts with that one. And then he eventually puts a shaft on there that I probably took between eight and 10 swings in a row that were just fucking pills. Like they were just like, it was unbelievable. Like if they were, if they were working left to right, it was just like a little baby fade, which is like, you know, not how I hit my driver. You've seen me hit. I start at 30 yards left and ends up 30 yards. Right. So So you found um, your sweet spot in this club. Yeah. And I, I was sitting there and I was just, I'm like, this is the one, man. This is the one, like, let's do it. So do you take credit? No, it was all Jack. <laughs> um, but wait, um, Oh, did he take credit? 
That's yeah. That you oh. know, you, you hit it and you just look at him. You're like, hey man, you, you take credit. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Just literally, like as soon as that happened, I, I was like, I need to get fitted for every club in my bag. Like this has just made such a big difference. So, um, I ended up getting the zero eight eleven X plus, um, with the Mitsubishi Tensi orange shaft, uh, which is a little bit of an upgraded shaft, and it was just overall an awesome experience. The ball was. I can't wait to get this thing. I actually, we're recording the podcast at the perfect time because about an hour and a half ago, I received an email from PXG that my driver has shipped people. It has shipped. It's on its way. Oh, it's on its way. It says it right now it. it's projected for next Wednesday. So that's a week from today. I think tentatively I may take off Thursday so I can oh. spend the day with my driver, take it out to lunch, maybe go to the range a few times, get a couple large buckets and just hit driver after driver until I have blisters all over my hands and I can't swing the club anymore. The next Thursday, you're going to take the day off, spend the day with your club, huh? Yeah, you, you got anything going on? You want to hang out with us? Yeah, well, I was about <laughs> to say, I've got some days. We can make it work, baby. It's been, it's been in the 40s, man. The snow might melt by then. Yeah, I today was the first day that I was like, oh, golf season feels like it's close. Oh, it's I got close. really excited about it. So it was it's a really close. good day to get to get notified that the drivers in the mail so that's awesome man i'm i'm excited for you i know that uh, you know driver was one of those love hate relationships for you 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 wouldn't want to hit it sometimes and sometimes it wouldn't work but i also would watch you drop piss missiles out out there in the fairway so uh, awesome to hear that you got a a driver that you're going to feel more consistent with and that's gonna you know help lower that handicap I may have to do a little swap out i might have to swap out my three iron for the driver in this uh two-man six-club scramble this year. Thank God. Oh, my gosh, people. The pressure that he puts on me. uh, He's like, don't worry. If you don't hit your driver in the fairway, I'll figure this three-iron out. Oh, he he hits it far. But let me just say, the pressure was immense. Pressure's always immense. Try try going Um, second when you fucking slice at 30 yards to the right. He's talking about pressure. You're going first. Under pressure. No, you're (laughs) right. You're right. Um, Kev, how'd you do in fantasy golf? Not as good as I wanted to. I had fucking Sam Burns on my team after Friday. He was winning by like what, oh. six or seven strokes. I'm like, oh, I'm 54 hole leader, man. Yeah. He, I mean, he was the leader until the last six holes, essentially. Yeah. But um, he was doing great until midway Saturday. Obviously, Saturday was that wicked windy day. Like it ah. was comical. Kev, can you imagine me saying, and I'll put up some videos up on the Instagram to show people the, the wind conditions I've played in. Could you imagine we're out playing Lyman Orchards or somewhere hilly that's real windy and me saying, Kev, it's too windy. We got to go home. We got to call it. Where's the horn? That's what I said. I wasn't like playing super. Like, we had people over this weekend, so I wasn't paying super close attention to the match. And I got a notification. I'm like, it's on a wind hole. I'm like, what the wind hole? I've never even heard of wind hole in golf. And then I go and I look up at the TV. I'm watching Golf Channel and I just see the flag like the the pin is like bent over like they were reeling in a fucking bluefish or something i don't know what was going on it was windy as fuck yeah well they didn't stop the tournament until after it bent over every player that i had playing earlier in the day you got saved you they stopped sam burns when he was on what like the the 10th hole something like that like you got to get a horse that's hot out of the gate, right? Oh man. Yeah. But it tough for him. Tough for him. Um, I, I only had four guys make the cut. Um, Cameron Smith was, was my high horse. Um, he had a top 10 finish, um, which was, which was great, but that was it for me. Um, Jack came in first. He had, um, he had 
Max Homa. So, you know, Maxi pad. Yeah. Maxi pad Homa. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan came in second and he had Tony Finau. Um, and then you came in third. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely reputable. It doesn't pay, but you know, you're you're still up right. there. I well, find myself like, in eighth place. All weekend I'm hanging out. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna come in first this week. My worst case scenario, I come in second. And then Burnsy doesn't even make the playoff. My second place was Xander. Xander finished team. One out, one out. That's right. Really so it wasn't too bad. But I, what really killed me though was um Matt Wolf came in at six over. For the tournament, which I think yeah. really probably killed me in FedEx points and um, money winnings. But but Kev, let me ask you a question. Uh, this was mentioned on the last podcast. Did Matt Wolf make the cut? He did make the cut. Oh, there it is. The anonymous gambler that texted me at 2.30 in the morning lost that $250 bet that Matt Wolf would not make the cut. Once again, people, no good gambling happens after midnight. God, no way good gambling could happen at 2 a.m., let alone 2.30. I um, I do want to shout out a, a great pickup I made yesterday. Um, for whatever reason, Matthew Fitzpatrick was on the free agent list. He finished saw that. fifth last week. Nobody's I picked him up. That. I, I, so I saw it. I didn't like my option. You know, I wasn't going to drop uh, Sung J.M. I wasn't going to drop Webb Simpson. I... There, there. It just didn't fit my lineup, um, but I think that's going to be something that we're going to see a lot uh, this year in in the fancy league. You know, think about it. There's ten teams, ten players on each team, so that's a hundred players. You know, when we're talking about a, the, you know, a hundred players, there's going to be some guys out there week to week that, you know, they're still making the FedEx Cup playoffs. These guys can still, you know, put the ball close to the flag. Um, there are some guys out there um, that are going to be available weekly that that will contend yeah yeah absolutely um so i mean aside from fantasy though the tournament itself was oh man what like the court I, I thought like especially thursday through saturday the course won like the course looked hard as hell uh, dude so hard genesis in, uh invitational at riviera country club in the pacific palisades out in cali um it, it's always a great event. Um, when you're up there in the hills, it, you're going to get that wind. You're going to get that wind playing to come into effect. And you're absolutely right, Kev. It was great to see those relatively low scores. Uh, sorry, uh, relatively mild scores. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. Someone finishing, you know, five, uh, four under after a day and, you know, being tied for second. It, that That's what you like to see in a tournament. It's tough when somebody shoots nine under on the first day and you're like, oh, okay. So we're going to have one of these weekends. Right. Well, to, to I, I'm pretty sure Burns tied the um, 36 it, hole score, like best 36 hole score at the Genesis at Riviera. It like in, in those conditions, which is just wild. Yeah, he played well. I, I mean, it yeah, looked Monday like he was and, running uh, away with it um, after Thursday and Friday. It, it really did. And, you know, then there were just the questions in the back of people's heads, like, is this kid going to be able to, you know, hold up and, you know, get it done? And unfortunately, he didn't. But, you know, what, what, he only was one shot off. I mean, still a great, um, great outing for him. Yeah, still a great draft pick by our boy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, Kevin drafted him. That was a good pick. Good pick. Uh, one thing I did want to point out about the, like, obviously the greens looked 
super fast, like super oh, difficult. So and the, the greens there are, I feel like a lot of them are kind of like domed almost. Um, mm-hmm. And you see guys tripping from one side, they roll off the other side. But in this tournament specifically, I've never seen so many like PGA tour pros marking their ball from like, like it looks like a foot and a half, two feet. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. super short putts, but like the greens were that hard. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. That's the quality of greens you're going to get there. And you saw it. My cousin had, had reached out to me. Um, it, it, either way, it's, it, it's a, a fascinating topic to bring up. Um, it is no longer a thing, but the Curse of Cocoa Beach. Um, so are you familiar with it, Kev? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So out in uh, the Puerto Rican Open, the Puerto Rico Open, um, it's been around 12 years now. Up until this year, there had only been one person to win that event and then go on to win another PGA event. Everyone else that has won it has never won another PGA event. Uh, Tony Finau is one of the people that has won this event. Uh, The only person to win the Puerto Rican Open and win another one was Michael Bradley. He won it in 2009, and the other tournament that he won was also the Puerto Rican Open again in 2011. So, guys, it does hold a little bit of value. Uh, this year, though, uh, Victor Hovland, he did break it. He he won his first event of his career um, back in February 2020 at uh, the Puerto Rico Open, and then in December of this year, he won um, Mayakopa, I believe, in December. So uh, he... Victor Hovland did break this, but you know, you think about it and I had saw a quote online that um, it had said one of the best things that ever happened to Jason day, Jordan Spieth and Bryson DeChambeau is finishing second uh, out at Cocoa beach. (laughs) Yeah. The real winner at Cocoa beach is the second place player. Yeah. It's just tough. You know, it's just one of those narratives that they're going to, they're going to put to to Fino, you know, he won back in 2016 and he hasn't won since, you know, we're five years later. Um, he's now lost in three playoffs. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he can't close the guy cashes checks. Well, so I, I actually, I have a, I came across a picture on the internet the other day that I screenshotted and saved for our conversation right now, which is wild. These numbers are insane. So since his last win in the 2016-2017 season, he's had 37 top 10s. Wow. The next closest, 16. Oh my god. Who, who, who's the next top, closest? Dustin Johnson or Justin? I don't Thomas? I don't have I don't have I'm not sure who it is. Um but on top of that, 21 top 5s, the next closest is 11 and he has had eight runner-ups. That's brutal. Which like yeah, like it sucks. Like you want to get the job done. You want to win the tournament. But like at the end of the day, there's there's one tournament winner. I look at those numbers. I don't think, oh, that sucks. Like I didn't win the tournament. I think that's a lot of fucking money. It Well, for us, you know, it's definitely a different well, yeah. perspective. But he he's also not out there worrying about his exemptions because he's, you know, making enough money where, he, you know. Yeah. Um, but dude, it, it was a great event. I mean, Homa and, and Finau, Going to a playoff, um, first hole, uh, number 10, par four. Homa shanks, pulls it. The ball lands right next to a tree. The first image on television looked like the ball was literally sitting on the, on the 
uh, stump of the yeah. tree and he wasn't gonna be able to hit it and then they show a different angle after the commercial i think somebody had a foot wedge in there just to keep the viewers uh and then the ball ended up being like six inches away he was able to have a shot it was remarkable and he right. was able to go up and down because um, at have- the end of the day like pretty fun the uh the chip shot or pitch shot whatever you want to call it that tony had wasn't a super easy shot yeah. you know it was like a, it's an elevated green he was probably 30 yards away and it was a the pin was as close to him as it could possibly be while still being on the green. Like that's not an easy chip shot. You know, then it ended on the par three, 14th Homa just stuck it. I mean, just with authority match over. Thanks for playing Tony. Another top five. Yeah. The exact shot Tony was going for Tony just overcooked his. And yeah, it it was a beautiful, I remember watching it. I was like, Oh, congratulations, man. You just won. Yeah, no, um, it, and it was it was extremely eventful. Um, it was exciting. I mean, it was a great Sunday of golf. I, I was another Sunday in the books, Kev, that I'm extremely pleased with. We've had some good Sundays. We've been we've been hashtag blessed. Um, I, I do want to bring up a couple of players that were not necessarily at the top of the leaderboard um, that I do want to mention for the tournament, though. First of all. Uh, Tyler McCumber, did you watch it? Were you watching him play? He had the huge cast on his finger. Yeah. Insane. He like ripped off. He literally had special surgery. I think it was Tuesday night, maybe even Wednesday. I don't remember exactly when it was, but special surgery. Cause he like jammed his finger in a mm-hmm. door or a window or something. His nail was hanging off. He cut a hole in his glove so he could have this cast sticking out. And he played like he shot 67 on Thursday. Yeah, and then great. 68 on Friday. Like he was, he was playing great. Yeah. Love his beard too. Oh yeah. Guy's Good looking guy. Great, great, great beard flow. And there's another person I do want to bring up. Yeah. Tell me about him, Kev. We were texting about him this weekend. Let's Jason Kokrick or Cockrick. I don't know exactly. Kokrick, how baby. Kokrick. What a fucking mental case. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, he just um so it was what i'm thinking of specifically i want to say it was the 14th hole um and there was a camera guy he he shot his ball to the right of the green he was over to the right um had to take a drop a relief a free relief from uh grandstands that were set up yeah 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 he's over by some cable wires gets a free drop whatever bro you got nothing to complain about let's be real um all of a sudden as he's you know, setting up, he's in his waggle, turns around. He's like, looks at, at a guy. I think he was in a golf cart or something. And the guy gets out of the golf cart and starts walking or something. And it's like, you got to stay still, man. And like, he then like just points. He's like, no, just go get out of here. And that, so the guy leaves, he readdresses his ball and he hits and the ball lands like three, four, five feet short of the green. And it was just a horrible pitch shot. The second after um, the ball rests, so the camera changes from where the ball lies, then to his face, and you just see him go, look to his caddy, and he's like, I can't believe that guy would do that. Why would he be standing? Like, dude, don't worry about that guy. How about you worry about putting that ball on the green? You think I'm looking at the cart girl serving Mick Ultras to people when they want cold Bud Lights? No, I'm not worried about that. Worry about your shot. Yeah, Jason, all I have to say to you is the guy that you're complaining about, about doesn't even have his fucking clubs with him so stop blaming him for your problems dude and then uh, it continued it continued he yeah he, he's short of the green um on his third shot so he's he's get going on for par right 
And he doesn't leave that in a great position. Ends up bogey in the hole. And the first thing he starts going on about is the guy that, that screwed him up. And his caddy, I'm sure, is just looking at him like, bro, are you serious? You flipped out at the snack guy at the turn because he didn't have four fresh hot dogs for you. He only had two and some yeah. pretzels. He, he didn't have mounds. He only had almond joy. And he was upset about it. But um, yeah, it, it, I actually noticed it the day before, like that chip shot incident. I, I was cracking up about it because the day before, I think it was the day before, it might have been even the same round, but like before the restart on six, the, the green with the, uh, the bunker in the middle of it, mm-hmm. he hit his tee shot. And as soon as he hit it, he's like, oh, come on. And like, he was really pissed because it was tracking right towards the bunker. It ends up pitching like, three yards short of the bunker bouncing off the, the hill and leaves himself 12 feet and he pours it in for birdie. Yeah. And he I was like, even after he was walking up to the green, he was like looking at his cat. He's like, Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm like, dude, like you're in a PGA tour tournament. Like if you can't control your emotions, you are never going to win ever. I mean, he, he's a top 35 player on the PGA tour. I think right. he's ranked 33rd in the world. He, I mean, and if but, he can get um, his emotions under control, he could be a top five player. <laughs> Probably mental case. Mental yeah. case. It, it was it was funny it was funny i i, I love seeing shit like that because i think it's I, I think it's hilarious dude absolutely it, it's it's just great great uh comedic relief watching that stuff on television yeah i i i suffer enough on in my own game so i like to watch other people do it <laughs> i know what you mean buddy um well it's we had said earlier that the weather's starting to warm up snow is starting to melt we are in the last week of february so it's that time it is that time to make sure your bag is stocked you have all the essentials you need for day one whenever you get out there no excuses kev talk to me about how you prepare for the season what are you doing before you all right let me paint the picture for you so date is not required doesn't matter you and your boys got a tea time for saturday Date undisclosed, 11 a.m., the temperature is mid-60s and sun, no humidity, first round of the season. Tell me how you prepare. All right, first of all, why are you tempting me with a good time like that? The last week of February, it's fucking 40 degrees outside right now. There's snow all over the ground. You got me thinking mid-60s, sun, and missing fairways. You're absolutely right. Thank you for bringing that up because – in reality, the first round that we play, we've already played rounds this year, but the first round that we play that like, quote unquote, starts our season, it's going to be like 48 degrees, windy, probably a little bit of rain, but we were able to get out. So that's what we did. So you're right. Yeah. Thank you for calling me on that. That will no, not be the conditions, but I figured, why don't we just paint a warmer picture for our viewers um, okay. that might that's not fair. go out there and try to get hypothermia like we do. All right. That sounds good. We're going to err on the side of positivity then. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm all about talking about prepping for the season. Cause this is about the time we do it. It's end of February here, which means March is right around the corner. And usually by the end of March, you can probably get out somewhere. So um, you use the word earlier stocking up, which I think is probably the first thing I do mm-hmm. stock up on balls, I'm going to head over to Costco, probably grab, they sell them by the two guys loves Kirkland's anything. Li- Kirkland. Also, by the way, I went to Costco the other day and they have a new Kirkland golf ball coming out. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. How about you get them to be a sponsor? 
huh? You're there so fucking much. Why don't you talk to the director of marketing and get him on board with the podcast? Get him in the rough. Right. I don't think the director of marketing for Costco is just hanging out at the Brookfield, Connecticut Costco. <laughs> You've got LinkedIn. Use your resources. That's Move true. That's up. true. That's true. I yeah, I have to be more proactive and I appreciate that. <laughs> I uh but yeah, stock up. I mean, I'm I'm going to stock up on balls. I'll probably grab two boxes, so that's four dozen balls for the year. That'll probably get me through March. Um <laughs> guys, I usually go to um I mean, we have Golfer's Warehouse up in the Hartford area. So I usually go there and get one of those really big bags of teas. Just throw them in my bags. Like I'll have teas for like the season essentially. But other than that, I mean, like make sure you have everything that you need in your bag. Like make sure you have ball markers, make sure you have gloves, your divot tools, stuff like that. Especially your fucking mm-hmm. divot tools. Like fix your fix your pitch marks when you're on the on the greens this year. If anybody listening to this doesn't normally do that, I want that to be your goal for 2021. Not Fix two. Whenever you get to the green, fix two. Fix your own and look for another one and fix that. And that's gonna that's gonna solve any problem. That's all that's all Kev wants. Listen, guys, he also wants like, subscribe, five stars, but fix fix your marks on the green. Listen, just all the above, and we're gonna get along smoothly with Kev. Absolutely. I uh what about you? What what do you what's your mindset going into a new season? So the first thing I'll always do is before uh well no let me back up that's the last thing i do i was gonna say clean my clubs extremely important but it's the last thing i do because prepping if i know i'm playing the week before i'm hitting that amazon two-day delivery um you said you know golfers warehouse i respect that i do a bulk tea buy selection as well not bulk twisted tea buy as some of our you know listeners may do i respect it but no i'm using a bulk plastic uh, golf tee by plastic or wood. I, I prefer plastic, but I'll go right to Amazon six bucks, a hundred and something tees. Um, the only problem with it, Kev, is it comes in a Ziploc baggie and the tees are just there. So, you know, there's no way I can just trust that. I have to then take my time, dump those tees out and count all a hundred because I can't get got not like I'm going to write a review and be like, you sent me 98, but well, I have to, he sent me one Oh six this year. Great guy. Five-star review. Well, aside from the count, like for all you know, your your T's are mixed in with the anthrax too. Yeah, didn't think about that going forward in a pandemic. Just saying, COVID or anthrax, take a pick. Yeah, no. So I I'll I'll make sure to stock up on T's. Balls, I kind of collect throughout the year, like um, through pro shop credit, you know, get a dozen here, a dozen there probably get a couple dozen for Christmas people that don't know what you like. So they just give you golf balls. Um, you know, it, it, so I kind of accumulate them that way. If I need some, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly buy them, but I'm, pr- I'm usually pretty stocked up on balls by the time the season starts, but I want to make sure I always make sure first thing I do, I buy a couple packs of gloves. Now, oh yeah. I should buy better gloves. I don't, I buy, I buy the, the two pack foot joys and they, you know, they rip after you know, so many rounds and, and it sucks. And I know I should buy better, but I don't, I'm just conditioned to click on that two pack at Amazon. It's always in the warehouse up in Windsor. It's here in two days. I get that delivery. I know the delivery guy He's a great guy. I love when he brings the, the packs of gloves. I, I, that's what I do. Kev. You're I really only ordering gloves. that many gloves. Cause you want the delivery guy to have a job. You just want him to keep his job. I, I support small and large businesses i love that um other things to do to get ready for the season um 
you know what i i clean out my bag because i'm a big culprit of just like scorecards like, scorecards crushed beer cans that like i'll be like in the fairway when i finish Recycle, it so I'll just, like, kevin no well I'll, I'll crush it and then i'll like stuff it into like a a pocket like oh, i'll throw this out at the next tea box and then they forget and then recycling yeah and then i get home and there's a bunch of crushed beer cans in my in my bag or whatever so clean out your bag just basically make sure you have only the stuff you need in it i do have yep. one recommendation for everybody listening at home that's a great idea to do at the beginning of the season put a rain jacket in your bag not the rain jacket that you use throughout the spring summer whenever just have one that you just keep in your golf bag because you never know like even if it rains for 20 minutes, you're going to wish you had something on. Mm-hmm. Keep one in your bag. Yeah. Also, I would tell anybody listening that you should 100% have a cover for your clubs. I'm not talking about head covers for your irons, people. I would not do anything so outlandish. But I am talking about the cover that goes around in your bag to make sure that your clubs aren't getting wet if you're pushing your... But Even if you're in a ride-on cart, not all of them have the the little canopy that goes over lack of a better word that goes over the top of your clubs and protects them from the rain. So you got to use that cover, make sure it's in your bag, keep a rain jacket for sure. I actually purchased at the end of the year, um, rain pants and a rain jacket. It's funny because most people will be like, why would you need those? If that's the weather, why don't you just go home? I'm sorry, Kenny, that's not what we do around here. If it's the weekend we're playing golf, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't you, care what the weather is. You're totally right. You got to empty out the bag, throw away the old scorecards, um, empty out the extra balls. Like for me, I find a shit ton of balls throughout the year that you know I'll end up you know bringing out to my family's you know lake house, hitting them into the woods, water, what wherever. Like just you know junk balls you can hit into the drive. Yeah. You know they're always pinnacles and top flights and noodles and uh, you know things like that. I find them when I'm looking for my ball in the rough, you know, I'm always in the trees and the rough. That's where I live. That's our life. Um, yeah. I find all these extra balls. I step on them. Um, I, I, so you're taking a drop to finish the hole with them. Cause you can't find your original ball. Kev, I'm telling you last year, I probably emptied out like 50 balls out of my golf bag. I have a large golf bag, but, and then the I Catalina. said, after uh, the Catalina baby, and I said, after, I said after I emptied, I was like, holy shit, this is so much lighter. Well, Brian, you just emptied 50 fucking golf balls out of it. Like, that's like a 12-pack of BLs that are full. Come on, kid. Absolutely. I um, You sorry, get fresh shoes? No, no. You get, you get new shoes every year? Or you just do spikes? Uh, or, or I, I was going to I was gonna say, so um, I, I, I do have replace your spikes um, yeah. in my mind, but I was going to say, too, if you're getting like spikeless, like I have a pair of spikeless um, New Balance golf shoes that I love. I bought them last spring, and I he's used not them all a dad, year. folks. Not no, a dad. Not a dad. They're, they're great. They're like the, uh, the, uh, the fresh foams, I think they're called. But I got them spikeless last year, and I actually at the end of the season with my pro shop credit, I ordered the pro version, which are oh, water dude. waterproof and spiked, which I love. I've been like using them on the range over the winter or whatever, but. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have spike shoes, replace your spikes. I was thinking about getting my irons regripped. Yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that up as well. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for me, last year was kind of an outlier because I think I've mentioned before, I was laid off for the better part of the spring and summer. So I was playing like, if I wasn't playing that day, I was probably at least going to the range in the morning. 
So I was playing a lot of golf and I think I, I got my grips changed at the end of last spring mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it again before the season starts. Cause they're pretty worn down because yeah. I played a lot of golf. Yeah. But, our friendship um, took a toll. I hated you. Uh, it was yeah. real. I fucking, I mean, every day. What's up, got man? that handicap down a little bit. Just hit the range. It's 1130. What are you doing? Oh, I'm about to go into a meeting. That sucks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I hit the range and played 18, and it's not noon yet. What are you up to? <laughs> right, right. Awesome. Uh, yep. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think, like once you've had the experience of getting fresh grips put on your, <clears throat> excuse me, the experience of putting fresh grips on your clubs, it, like you just want to keep doing it. And I was actually, I'm thinking about next time I do it, I might try to do it myself because it looks like it's actually pretty easy and they kind of do whack you a good amount to oh, have them do it. Oh yeah, the chart, yeah, they, they really do whack you on the upcharge. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, someone that I work with, um, not works for my company, a, a client that I work with, he had messaged me over the weekend saying that he has the, mach- the machine tool, like, you know, that he regrips his own clubs. He regrips them for his buddies. And, you know, he had said, uh, you know, I usually use wind grips, but whatever you want, I could do it for you. Um, you know, you just buy the grips and I'll do it. And I, I'll tell you, Kev, the second he sent that, I thought, yeah, I think I'm going to have some new grips. That's all I needed. A little bit of push, a little bit of peer pressure. Thank you. Yeah. I While we're while you bring up the wind grips too, I do want to mention, that's what I use the wind dry tack grips. Yes. Um, and I use them because my hands get like really sweaty. And I will say if anybody listening to this gets sweaty hands and can't grip a club, I highly, highly, highly recommend it at least a, a tacky grip, but the wind dry tack grips, especially I really like because even when my hands are super sweaty, I still find like I have, I have a really good grip on the club and I really like them. Yeah. And I recommend that if anyone has, if their palms are sweaty and their knees are weak and arms are heavy, they should watch out for spaghetti because there could be vomit on their sweater already. I told the whole story there. That was, that was choice. That was very I well do, done. Kev. I don't. I don't know people. if B Rabbit could have done it better himself. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I will say, I, huh? I'm loud. It's what I do. People should be louder on the course. People should be louder on the course. No, I was going to say people. People definitely should be louder on the course. People are too worried about being quiet out there. People are busy yelling at you for listening to music. Whatever. I don't. I don't. I don't like how golf is like this stuffy environment. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I. I think it almost leads people to you know not yell for. Like I. I feel like you'll watch people on on the tee box. Tee boxes and greens are close together. Uh, you know, you'll see other people teeing off, and you'll be like, "Whoa, that but that shit is gone." And you're like, "I. I hope he calls four. And it'll be like four. Or they yell nothing. It'll be like just a quick like four. And they're like, oh, you didn't hear me? You didn't hear me? I yelled four. You fucking said that louder than you yelled four, my friend. All right. I've, I have to yell four for myself a lot. But I've yelled four for others way more. Way more. I do it too. I, and I don't care. I'm not. It's so fucking dangerous getting hit by a golf ball. I don't know anyone that's like died or, or anything extreme like that, but I'm sure there are stories out there, but I've seen people get hit. I've been hit. Like it's not, it's just, it's not You've been hit. Oh dude. It was, it wasn't horrible. Like don't get me wrong. Immediately I, uh, black and blue. 
but it wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. I was at Shenikasset playing with my buddy, Timmy Klonowski. Um, and we we're on the 17th hole, um, right on the water, heading back oh, towards, to, yeah, heading right back towards the pro shop, uh, to cross the street. And we tee off our balls. Um, you know, fairway fine there. I'm golden. And he hits one. He didn't like it. I, I walk back up to my push cart, which we usually leave on the side of 16. 16 is a big sloping green. You just drop your push cart. It rolls out and, you know, to the side of the fairway. So I'm just waiting by, by my cart, you know, having a sip of my nice beverage. And he's like, oh, I'm going to tee up another. He runs back to the tee box. I'm like, oh, this is great. I was like, oh, I'm not running back with you. He smokes one. It probably never gets six to eight inches off the ground. And it's coming right towards me. And I'm maybe like 75, 100 yards away from him. And this thing is humming right towards me. Super low on the ground, right? So the play is not like duck, like, because I'm going to get hit square. Like so you freeze kind of, you're like, uh-oh. Dude, I'm, I'm watching it because the ball is moving. It's almost like a curveball. So I, 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 I start to move. I'm facing the ball, obviously. I start to move to my left and the ball kind of, to flies that way so i just open up my body so my right side opens up lift up my right leg to open up my body and it slams me in my right foot right in the side of it um i'm I, I, dude i fell right to the ground um it took me off my feet it was immediately black and blue thank god we were only on the 17th i mean we were on the 17th hole because i dude i wasn't able to walk for like two days it hurt so bad. And that's such a minimal thing. Like you, you see people getting hit like 290 yards off the fly off Dustin Johnson. It hits him in the back of the head. And they're like, Oh, that's a stinger. And you're like, that's a fucking stinger. The ball is traveling 130 miles an hour. Like I, it's tough, dude. So yeah. there was no four in that one. It was, he, he knew I saw it. He saw what I, he saw me trying to avoid it. And he came over. He's like, Hey man, I think I got you. He's a, he's a jokester, but. I didn't laugh at that one that it's funny. I, I was not expecting that story. Cause when you talk about getting hit on the golf course, you're not anticipating getting hit by somebody in your own group that you're playing with. Oh um, but w- with that being said, when I'm on the golf course, there are very few people that I will stand in front of like remotely in front of. Like, I, I mean, you, you and I, like, we I can kind of, kind of trust each other a little, like we probably trust each other more than we should, but, um, there's very few people that I will stand in front of. So you obviously had a lot of trust in your buddy for that. Um, dude, I know you'll be in the fairway next to somebody sometimes and you see them hitting and then you start, you know, kind of walking backwards, trying to get, you know, parallel with them. Just so just in case a shank happens. Oh yeah. You're not I, um, taking one off the dome. So I've never been struck by a ball. I have been, so I, I'll never forget this story that my dad told me when I was like, like I, I was probably, I don't know, maybe like middle school or high school or whatever, but he, he played a lot of golf. And um, I remember he told me this story. He came home. He was like, so I was, he got paired up with some random guy. He was in his cart and he was um, behind the guy, not like behind from a direction of like where he was hitting, but like, the guy was addressing his ball and my dad was in his cart with it. The, the guy that was hitting his back was to my dad. Okay. Apparently this guy swings somehow hits it like barely off the heel and it shoots straight up between the guy's legs, 
hits off the roof of the cart right above my dad's head and shoots out the other side of the fucking cart. <laughs> what? He was like, yeah, I was, I was awake. I was, I was aware the rest of the round. <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't even think that was possible. But he was like, it, it was unbelievable. Like, wouldn't be able to recreate that. Oh my God, Kev. I will, um, I'll, I'll start telling the story and I've got it on my phone. I'll just show it to you here. So this is the, uh, we are on the fifth hole at my family's golf course. Um, you can, you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so, um, yeah, me and my brother are playing with, um, our, our friend Nelly at my family's golf course on the fifth hole. And my brother, um, Nelly's over in the right hand rough. My brother's in the center of the fairway. My brother fucking just shanks one shanks one right off the hosel shoots it right he never saw it he'd never called for nothing i'm 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 behind nelly um deeper uh closer to the green and i i see the whole thing go down and nelly just gets smashed right on the back of his head and guys i will upload this video to the instagram so you guys see it uh, life in the rough but it was immediate egg egg right on his head I have never seen anything like that. I mean, he just ate it. He ate it. He was and we're like, oh my God, Nell, are you all right? And he was like, yo, man, Whew. Scott, you know, the green's the other way, dude. He just a champ, man. We were only five holes in. He was like, yo, let's go. We're going to finish this round. Let, let us, let's do it. And, you know, he played, you know, the next 15 holes, uh, you know, 13 holes, no problem. A couple more bevies and, uh, I'll call it a day. Might have been a concussion. Went through, didn't go through the protocol. That was before the blue tents were around. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that, um, bad. so uh, you just reminded me of a story of myself. I've never been hit by a ball, but I have been struck by a club. I, um, what? So we, yeah. It, it's, it's very unique. But we were, um, I was actually, it was when I was a member at uh, Country Club of Farmington in Farmington, Connecticut. Beautiful course. If you ever get the chance to play there, I highly recommend it. Um, I know I brought you there a few times. So great um, breakfast sandwiches at the turn breakfast oh. sandwiches and these drinks that they had. Kev, tell me about those alcoholic drinks. I, I, mean, I don't know what they were. They were amazing. Heavy. Pour. I, we pro- I probably had to get the rum punch because I was yes. turned on to that by uh, one of my coworkers who was a member there. Um, but yeah, you, it, yeah. The halfway house there is tops. It's tops. It but, put um, me in a halfway house. Yeah. Anyway, so we're standing on the tee box of 16 and um, we're, we're waiting for the fairway to clear. So it's like me and one of my buddies. And I think, um, I don't remember who else was there, but either way, one of our buddies who we normally play with was not with us. So we were talking about his swing, which is a little bit, not erratic, but almost like a John Daly type swing. Like he like pulls it like way back and like oh boy. goes through or whatever. Yep. So I was standing to, like directly to the left of my buddy who was demonstrating it with his driver in his hand and he does it. And as he comes around the back, the driver just knocks me like right on the top of the head. And I was like, Oh, like that hurt really bad. Like di- didn't feel good. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm fine. Like the kid, the kid felt really bad. Like obviously he wasn't trying to do it. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sure I'm fine. But we hit our drives and like by the time we get out to the fairway, I go and just like I take my hat off and like go to like I don't know, like brush my hair back, put my hat back on. And when I do it, I I had like a fucking golf like just like Nelly golf ball just like sticking out on my forehead. And for like the rest of the day, like every time I touched my head, I was like, oh my god, like this big fucking bulbous thing on my head just didn't go away for like two days. It was wild. 
Dude, it's serious. It's serious. I mean, people not yelling for that. It could cause, you know, dangers of getting hit, you know? Um, And then like getting hit into on a golf course. Like, dude, I have one experience. I don't think I can. And our viewers may not like what I, what I did here. You know, I wasn't the most mature at this age, but listen, I'm mature enough to tell you the true story. You're not that mature at your current age, Brian. I didn't fucking need that, Kev. But anyways, so we are playing Shenikasset. I am on the 14th hole. Um, nope, 15th hole, par three. Um, and I get hit into it. I'll let that sink in for a second. I'm on a par three. It's only 150-something yards, and I get hit into. So I'm playing by myself. Is it like a blind tee shot? Dude, it's right in front of you. Like it was, they, they were, I was probably 21, 22 years old at the time. And these people were, you know, probably a little younger than me. It was a kid. The kid was the only person playing and he was like with his girlfriend and I'm finishing up, um, on the hole, you know, as I'm putting a ball lands on the green and I turned and I raised my hands and I was like, yo, are you serious? And he like, he, he put up his hand, almost looked like he flicked me off. I, Kev. We I, know I, you I weren't t- playing slow. I, nothing I do on the golf course is slow. Um, I picked this ball up and I threw it in the woods. And then I continued. I finished out. I, I finished my hole and I played out the rest and I never saw the kid again. But I, dude, I was literally shaking. Like my hands were shaking. Like getting hit into on a course is the worst. And then it reminded me of, a, I'm going to let you give your feedback here, but it also just reminded me of this year at Stanley when we get got hit into on the first hole. The first fucking hole. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this when you were talking. It's a par five and it was in the men's club. We all play that hole every single Sunday. You know if somebody's there. I, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, we saw them. So how can you... So, folks, let me let me back this up. So just to paint you a picture here, par uh, the the first hole on the, on the Stanley White course is a par five. You're not getting there in two. The longest players might, but we sure aren't. So right. hey, maybe shot. with that new PXG though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we will get back to you with a review in a later episode for sure. But most people are not. So your approach shot to the green is usually it less than 150 yards. Like, yes, the green is a little below where your feet would be uh, in the fairway, maybe by three, four feet, but you can still see the whole green. So I, I had a birdie putt. I got on in three. It was a it was awesome you know have a birdie putt and all of a sudden as i'm lining up for it it's probably about 12 foot putt maybe eight foot putt i might have tugged it close um all of a sudden a ball lands on the green and i look up everyone's like looking at me that's what typically you do on the green someone's putting you're just your eyes are on the guy putting um and i look up immediately once this ball hits on the green i look up i can see people in the fairway like if I can see you, you can see me. Like I, and we throw up our hands. Everyone was like, is this a joke? Like, because a ball coming in like that, like that will hurt. Like that could really hurt you. A ball coming in at that trajectory, at that speed, 
that could seriously do some harm, not like a drive that's trickling out and it, it taps you in the foot, you know, maybe 330 yards out or, or, or something like that. But dude, this was fucking serious. And I remember, you know, you still have to keep pace of play going. Like I, 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 I remember I walked around for like 10 seconds, kind of tried to shake it off. Um, and I made the birdie putt. I did. I, and I felt so fucking pumped out that I let out a scream. I was like, let's go. But dude, I was still shaking on the next tee box because it's scary, man. It, it's scary having a, yeah, it'll get your adrenaline going. And I do. I remember that. And I remember like we, we all, like all four of us throw our hands up, like what the fuck's going on? I think we actually might've been playing with um, Connor and uh, Adam. Yeah. 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 We were playing with the ghost guys, which like, I mean, we had played with Connor before, but not Adam. So they're low seven digit handicap. Yeah. They're really fucking good players. And um, we turn around, we throw our hands up and the guy that hit the shot, like gives us the hands. Oh, my fault. Like, yeah, no fucking shit. It's your fault. We're right here. But yeah, see, that's the problem I have with it. Like what, what do you mean? You're bad. Like, were you not aiming for the green? Because I don't buy that. It, dude, it's a, it blows my mind. The, the stuff it, that happens on the course. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle that we keep going back. Well, Kev, that's what keeps us coming out here weekly. The, the, the amount true. of shit that we deal with on the golf course will provide us with so much content for our viewers that life in the rough will, <laughs> the rough will stay thick for a while. It, we're going to be resilient. All right, we'll talk to all you guys next week. All right, guys, this was Life in the Rough, the podcast.